I'm Austin, and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. 2014 has arrived. For some, this may be the greatest year of their lives. For others, it may be the toughest year they've ever experienced. Good news, bad news, surprises, celebrations, disappointments, and other life events will fill the coming days. How will we respond? What will anchor our souls through the good and the bad? Join Valley Point Church starting this January as we begin a new year with a focus on discovering inspiring words that will help encourage, sustain, and revitalize us. Join us for Life First. Well, good morning and Happy New Year. It's 2014 and I can't think of a better way to start a new year than being right here and I don't know how you rang in the new year, but Tanya and I had a relatively quiet night at home with all of the kids, and I've discovered that it's kind of hard to stay up until midnight anymore. Does anybody else have that problem? <laughs> yeah, so I made it, kind of, and we rang in the new year as a family and had a wonderful time, and I'm really excited about this new year and what that means personally for me and the different goals and dreams that I have for this year, and what that also means for us as a faith community. I believe this is going to be a really big year for us. And so we're here in 2014, and we're probably still all dealing with the fog of the holidays and the fog of the snow and the cold and the ice, right? And so first hour, there was a group here, and I think they're the crazy ones because they came out in the ice. You guys are the smart ones. So great job waiting until the roads were a little better and really thankful that you're here. So I want you to do something. Would you stand? Just right where you're at, stand up, and then turn around and in your area, find somebody you haven't talked to and say, Happy New Year. And then you may be seated. So I want to share some news with you that I think will be very encouraging and put a smile on your face today. And that is some update on our Christmas offering initiative. And if you have a program, you can kind of open it up and there's a financial section there. And you can see that we set a goal of raising $30,000 that we would give away to those who are impoverished those who are orphaned, and those who are exploited. And as of today, we have reached a little over $43,000. So isn't that great? It's an amazing thing. And so I want to thank you so much for your generosity. And as we approach the offering initiative this year, I had a lot of anxiety about that in a good way because I was just anxious to see... What's going to happen, and how will people respond, and and what's God going to do with all of this? And once again, just amazed and blown away that when we talk about serving others, and when we talk about sacrificing for those who really have great need, God does something in his people that just opens their hearts 
and causes them to be very, very generous. And so I want to thank you for what you've done to help us really exceed that goal in a great way. And it's not too late to give to that. If you still want to participate, you can give here today or online at valleypointchurch.com. And I expect that we'll see that inch a little bit higher and we'll be able to celebrate a little bit more again next week. So great job with that. I'm proud of our church. And again, one of the things that I talk about when I share with people what makes us unique is I talk about the amazing generosity of the people that come to this place and how they're willing just to serve others without expecting anything in return. And every bit of that money goes to those organizations. We don't have administration fees. We don't take a cut of that for ourselves. We give it all away because we want to bless them and help them accomplish the mission that God has for them as well. And so we're going to give all of that away. And I'm really excited about being able to deliver some checks in the weeks to come. So again, thank you. Thank you, thank you for being very generous Know that God's going to use our gifts to make a real and lasting difference. So go church, go God, great job, and again, looking forward to seeing what God does in the days ahead. We're going to begin a brand new series today called Life Verse 2014, and I'm going to talk to you about how it's time for all of us to pick a verse or two or even three that we can embed in our hearts That will help us navigate through everything that's going to come in this new year. So we're going to talk about some practical things. I'm really glad that you're here. And before we jump into that, let's just pause and ask God to challenge our hearts. God, again, we come to you. And we're grateful for some time this morning on a stormy January day in a new year to just sit in your presence and hear whatever it is that you want to whisper into our hearts. So God, give us a great time now just thinking about your word and how it's amazing and powerful and has the ability to help us face whatever it is that will come our way. God, every single person in this room is going to have different things happen to them this year that we don't even know about yet. And some of that will be exciting, and there will be successes and wins, and we'll be able to celebrate that. We'll be excited about that. But God, along the way, we also know there will probably be some pain and disappointment and some storms that we'll have to fight our way through. And so God, as we think today about what you want to say to us, help us to Be serious and intentional and strategic about taking your word and planting it in our hearts so that we have some help to face everything that comes our way. God, we'll thank you for everything that you do in and through us, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I love teaching on Sunday mornings, and I hope you sense that and you know that. I love my job. And I hope nobody in here says, boy, that guy really hates his job, because I don't. I love what I do, and I love coming on Sunday mornings and just opening up God's Word and sharing with you what God has placed on my heart. And I really consider it a humbling privilege to open up God's Word 
and say, okay, here's what he says. And so here's what we need to be thinking about and here's what we need to do. And so here at Valley Point, we share a big idea and we unpack a paragraph and we give takeaways to help us survive another seven days. That's kind of part of our teaching DNA. And I really love doing this. It's fun and enjoyable. And I hope that you're benefiting from the teaching time here at Valley Point, and it's encouraging you and challenging you to be the person that God wants. And so one of my roles and responsibilities here as the lead pastor is to really pick and choose what it is that we're teaching and these different themes and these different series, and that's a lot of fun as well. And so I plan six months out for our themes. And so I pretty much know right now what we're going to be dealing with from now until June. And then as each series gets a little closer... We pull out big ideas and paragraphs and props and visuals, and then we package all of that so that we have a compelling Sunday morning experience. And again, all of that is just a lot of fun. I love thinking about what we're going to talk about in this room every Sunday morning. So as we approach the new year, I began to think through what are the different teaching themes and what is it that we're going to be covering and and what do we need to hear? What does God want to share with Valley Point Church? And I'm just uh, an instrument. I'm just his voice on Sundays to share. Here's what God is saying and here's what his word means and here's the different words and here's how we apply it. And so what does God want for us in this new year? And it's been fun to strategize and think about that. As I was doing that, I took some time to kind of reflect on 2013 and the different themes that we walk through as a church. And so I want to go back and review a little bit some of the places and some of the topics that we talked about in this room. And you'll see these visuals on the screen. Hopefully it rings a bell and you remember talking about this. So very early in 2013, we rolled out a series called Frantic Families. And the idea of this series is that we shouldn't be frantic as a family unit, as an organization, and that's really what the family unit is. It's an organization that needs strategy and vision in order to be successful. And we talked about how we can't be frantic. But if you're like me and my family, often we find ourselves in that frantic mode. So we talked about how to be a little more intentional and a little more strategic with this vital organization called the family. After that, we walked through a series called Molten Moments, and we talked about the different things that have the potential to melt us down and destroy and just ruin us. And we gave some practical thoughts about how to navigate your way through those molten moments and how we can even learn something about ourselves and something about God in the process of walking through one of those kinds of moments. We then walked through a series called Chosen. We talked about how the church has been chosen. And the church has been chosen to share the greatest message in all of the world. It's the message that God has a plan and a purpose for all of our lives, and we can discover it. It's not hidden. It's not a secret. We can know what that is. And then we talked about how not only has the church been chosen, But Valley Point Church has been chosen to do a very specific work in the communities that surround us here. And it was during that series that we unveiled our plans to build a real home, a permanent home on our 
Bethel Road campus, and that was really an exciting time to think about how we've been chosen to do something unique and special, to risk and take a faith step, because we've been chosen. After that, we spent the summer walking through the Red Sea rules, and that was just a fun time looking at that amazing story in Scripture and how God's people were kind of trapped between the Red Sea that they couldn't cross because it was too big and an enemy that wanted to destroy them. And when we find ourselves in those situations, what do we do? How do we respond? And one of the things we learned is we have to place an inordinate amount of trust in a big God who can do crazy things like open up the Red Sea and allow us to cross safely to find our destination on the other side. That was a fun series and a fun summer. After that, we walked through frequently asked questions, which is always a crowd favorite. And then we walked through a series called Outlaw. We talked about how Jesus is the ultimate nonconformist. He's really an outlaw of sorts because he went against the grain of culture when he was here. And he, again, provided a way for us to follow him. And we can also be nonconformists as we follow the outlaw. We then walked through a series called Big Deal. And we talked about how there are a few things that are a big deal to God. They're important to him. And because they're important to God and because they're a big deal to him, they should be a big deal to us as well. And then we ended our year with reInvent Advent. Now, you remember these series, right? Help me out a little bit here, because the vision I have is that you take the programs and the talk notes and you put them on your refrigerator. And if I were to walk into your home, and I'd be able to see all of this and be super encouraged Actually, I know that's not true, but I, I do hope that as we review a bit of this, you remember a couple of things, a couple of thoughts that maybe helped you as you spent uh, Sunday with us. But there is a series that I didn't mention, and it's a series that we started one year ago today. And I want to be honest with you and tell you that I had very low expectations for this series. I just didn't think it was a big deal, didn't think it was that important, didn't think it was that valuable, but thought, well, we probably should do it, but let's just use it as a bridge to get to February, because then people will be out of the fog, everyone will be back, and people will be engaged again, so let's not do anything too intense in January, let's just get to February and buy ourselves some time. So, foolish me, right? Because we started a series, and we began to teach our way through an experience last January that God used to absolutely smack me in the face with his amazing power and his amazing ability to take my foolishness and something that I didn't think was important and that valuable and just remind me again of what God can do through his words. Now, the name of that series was Embedded. Anybody remember being a part of that? It was during this series that I challenged everybody to pick a verse or two that would be your life verse for 2013, something that could anchor your soul, that you would be able to memorize and just recall as you found yourself in trouble or down or whatever, that you'd be able to use this verse as a way to just kind of prop you up and encourage you once again. And that series had impact last January. I want you to know it is still having impact today, a year later. People are still talking about this, and I've heard wonderful stories 
of those who said, you know what, I had never thought about claiming a verse for a year, ever. And you challenged us to do that, and I did it, and I have absolutely needed that verse throughout this entire year. And it has sustained me, it has helped me, it has encouraged me in ways that I can't even describe. And those are wonderful stories. And maybe you have a story similar to that if you were a part of this experience last year. You can see on the sides of the stage the frames that we put together of all of the life verses that people wrote down. And we asked everybody to kind of commit to a verse and write it on a sticky note. And we had people come up and actually place them on these frames. And then we packaged them this way. And these frames with all of the life verses from everybody that was here last January has been hanging at our Bethel Road campus. And so every day I get the chance to walk down that hall and see these frames and read occasionally the different verses that people wrote down, the different references, and often just kind of pray over that and say, God, continue to use that verse, continue to use that paragraph, continue to use that book to have great impact in the life of this individual person. And it has really been an amazing thing. And so I get the privilege of walking by these frames every day, and I'm reminded of the power of God's Word. If you were here last year, I'd encourage you to come up afterwards, and you can kind of look, and maybe you can find your particular verse and just be reminded again of where we traveled and where you traveled in 2013 and how God helped sustain you and bring you to this day. So when I walk by these frames and I get the chance to review what different people wrote down, I'm reminded of the power of God's Word. And it is living and active, and each and every one of us can choose something that will sustain us. And so it's a new year, it's 2014, and guess what we're going to do? We're going to walk through life verse once again, and I'm going to challenge everybody to pick another verse or two to use throughout this year to help sustain and encourage you. And here's why I think we must do this. All right, so last year I wasn't so sure. It's like, yeah, let's just do this, and it might work, it might not, whatever. I'm absolutely convinced we have to do this now. And we're going to do this every year for a long time, I think, because there's that much power in what can happen when we look in God's Word and pick something to anchor our souls. So here's why I'm convinced that we must do this. Some of us are going to experience some things this year that we're not even aware of yet, and it's going to bring pain and disharmony and angst into our lives. It's just going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or the rest of January or into February and March and eventually the summer and next fall and next winter. We, we have no idea what that is going to look like, but I do know that some of us are going to have some difficult things that we face, and we're not even aware of it right now, and so we need something that will help sustain us. Here's the other reason why I'm convinced that we have to do this. And that's because 2014 is probably the most strategic and intentional year in the history of this church. We're embarking on a capital campaign where we're going to chase our future real home. And beyond all of the planning and the sacrificing and the generosity that will need to happen in order for us to achieve that, I want God's word kind of driving the way 
Like we need that out in front of us as we pursue something that is going to be very special and that is our future real home. And so we're here. Life verse 2014 and I want to encourage you in a couple of different ways. First of all, be here every week. Okay? Just commit to coming every single week and if you have other things going on, uh, just cancel it and choose to be here. And I'm not just saying that because I'm supposed to say that and of course I want you to be here, and that's not just a shallow cliche. I really believe that as we walk through this series and we unpack different practical things about how we choose a life verse and the different things that will help us get there that we're going to need every single week. And eventually, we're going to make a commitment to a verse or two, and everybody will have the chance to do that, and then we're going to celebrate. And I don't want you to miss anything that happens here at Valley Point in the month of January. So just choose to be here every week. And then the other thing I want to encourage you with is just start searching now for your verse. You don't have to wait until we're done. You don't have to wait to the second or third week of this series. You can actually begin reading and searching now. And I'm going to talk to you and give you some practical tips on how you can do that in a successful way. So let's just think about the Bible. It's kind of an intimidating book, isn't it? Because when you think about choosing a a verse or two to use, where do you even begin? And how do you even start? Because it's just a big, intimidating book. So here's our big idea for today, and that is just read. Just read. Just read. And I think you'll discover something amazing happens in that process. Whether you like it or not, whether you're into it or not, whether you think the Bible's weird or not, just read, and I think God will show you something. Now, so often what people share with me when they talk about reading the Bible is that I don't feel I can do it because it's hard. It's hard to do. It's just hard. Well, then don't do anything hard at all. Right? That's like the only answer, right? I want to respectfully submit to you that reading the Bible is not hard. Driving on icy roads, that's hard. Or working in zero degree weather, that's hard. Or trying to repair a relationship that has been significantly damaged. And how do you figure that out? And who approaches who? And where do you begin in this whole process of trying to fix a relationship? That's hard. Trying to raise kids in today's culture? That's hard. Thank you. (laughs) Trying to recover from a bad financial choice? That's hard. Reading the Bible? It's not hard. And I want to say to you that we owe it to ourselves. I really believe this. We owe it to ourselves to pick up and read this best-selling piece of literature of all time. We owe it to ourselves to do that, and it is not that hard. Other things are hard. Reading Scripture really is not that hard. And so throughout the series, I want to challenge everybody to get into their Bible and to read, and I'm going to do everything I can to motivate and inspire and encourage you to do that on your own. Now, we read it here. And I try to make it fun, and we look at stories, and it's like soap opera time sometimes when you read these different stories in the Bible, and we have images, and we illustrate, and that's all great. 
but I want to encourage you to read your Bible on your own. You owe it to yourself. I really believe that. You owe it to yourself to pick up this amazing piece of literature. And here's why. It's God's letter to us. And in it, we discover how God thinks and what he expects of us and what he wants from us. And so if we want to know the mind and the heart of God, we can actually discover it in his book. Now, maybe that doesn't do it for you because you're not into God and you're not so sure about that. So if that's you, how about this? Poetry, prophecy, biography, war, sex, betrayal. All of those elements are found in the Bible. And all of those elements make for great literature. And so if you just want to read for great literature, then chase that. And whether you're a skeptic or a believer, I think you'll discover that these ancient documents can be compelling. So whether you believe in God or not, read it for the literature that it is, the best-selling book of all time, just get into it and you'll find that these documents can be very compelling. So let's think about this. The Bible contains 66 books written by approximately 40 different authors. So it's not just one unending book that it's hard to get into and you can't start in the middle because you wouldn't do that. That's not normal. That's not right. you got to start at the beginning, and the beginning is kind of tough. And so what do you do? It's really not that way. The Bible is a collection of 66 different books. And so you could go home today, and you could find a small little book with a couple of chapters, and you could read the whole thing, and you could come back next week and say, I read an entire book of the Bible, and it would be true, and that would be a pretty cool thing to say. And that's because it's broken up into 66 different books. It's also broken up into different categories, like these categories, law, history, poetry and wisdom and prophecy. There's the life of Jesus. And then there's also letters to churches, like us, where different authors said, hey, church in a particular town, this is what you need to be thinking about and this is what you should be doing And these letters are as relevant today as what they were when they were written several years ago. And so the Bible is really broken up into different books and into different categories. Okay, so 66 books, 40 different authors, written over a 1,600-year time frame on three different continents, three different languages. All right, so that's pretty powerful. 66 different books, 40 different authors, 1,600 years is a lot of years, three different continents and three different languages, and yet these 66 books amazingly share one single story. It's the story of a loving heavenly father who desires to rescue his creation. Now think about the impact of that. You can't get 40 people to agree on anything, right? That's nearly impossible. You just can't do that. And these were individuals who didn't even live at the same time. So they didn't have the opportunity to get in a room and say, hey, as 40 different authors here, let's write 66 different books, and hopefully it'll be a best-selling book, and we'll be able to get royalties from it, and this will be wonderful and amazing, and everybody will enjoy this book. They didn't have the opportunity to do that. Because, again, it happened over 1,600 years 
So this is really a God thing that a book has been published for us, 66 different books, all of these different authors, 1,600 years, a bunch of different categories, three different languages, and we get the benefit of enjoying this. And that's why I say you owe it to yourself to pick this up once in a while and to read and engage in what God wants to say to us. I've got one verse that I want to read today, and it's from Isaiah chapter 40, and it kind of helps complete this picture. Verse 8 says this, The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. That makes sense, doesn't it? We understand grass and it goes away. And flowers fade, and it'll last forever. If you actually read verses 6 and 7 in Isaiah chapter 40, it tells us that people are like grass, and people are like flowers, so that's us. And guess what? We fade. We're going to go away at some point, but there is something here that remains, and that's the Word of God. And it says here, it stands forever. And you see that word stands there? In the original language, it means it stands up. So grass fades, flowers fade, people go away, they come and go. But the Word of God stands up forever. And the picture that we get there in the original language is that it has this ability to stand up inside of us. It doesn't just stand on its own, but it actually stands up inside of each and every one of us, and it encourages, and it challenges, and it rebukes, and it keeps us on the right path. And it does that because it does not go away, it remains, it stands up inside of us. So, 66 different books, 40 authors, 1,600 years, three continents, three languages. And guess what? It's still here. We're still enjoying it. We're still reading it. We're still benefiting from it. And it stands up inside of us, and we're a part of this story. That's why I want to challenge every single person here, every adult, every student. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. God's Word has something that you can claim as your own, and we're going to challenge every single person here to pick a verse or two to claim as your own for this new year. Now, I just want to get practical here and share some takeaways on how we can begin this process. Because it's one thing to say, yeah, let's pick a verse, but you really can't just flip through and and point at something and hope that it will work, because that might be terribly confusing. I read a story once about somebody who was trying to pick a life verse, and so they just began to flip through, and they pointed at something, and it said, Judas went out and hung himself. (laughs) You know, that's not a good verse. So they kind of flipped through a few more pages and pointed to something, and it said, go and do likewise. Right? So that's not a good thing either, right? So this is not a plan for picking a verse of Scripture. You don't want to do it that way. We want to intentionally provide some takeaways for you that will help you really discover this verse that can anchor your soul. So here's takeaway number one, and that is pick a time. Pick a time. Secondly, pick a place. 
And then thirdly, pick a plan. So time, space, and a plan. Now here's the deal. If you don't pick a time to get into God's word and figure out what it says, you're not going to do it. If you don't pick a place that is kind of your sacred spot, like this is where I engage in that, whether it's in your home or in your office or maybe in your car on a lunch break or on the drive home or somewhere else that is good for you, then you're probably not going to do it either. And if we don't have a plan, it's just not going to happen, right? So this is somewhat intentional. Like we've got to choose a time, a place, and a plan. Now, I want to encourage you to choose a time that works for you. It's going to be different for everybody. It might be morning, noon, might be before you go to bed. It doesn't matter. Again, we want to just encourage everybody to read. That's the thought here. But if you don't pick a specific time, you'll just be all over the place and eventually you'll bail. I want to encourage you to pick a place. Where is it that you go to? That you have the opportunity to sit down and read your copy of the scriptures or pull it up on your phone or smart device. Where is that place for you? If you pick an intentional place, you'll be much better at consistently opening God's word and discovering it. And then a plan. Got to have a plan. And without a plan, again, we're just kind of pointing all over the place and we don't know what's going on. And again, we'll get discouraged and we'll bail. So in your program, I encourage you to open that up right now. There are five different plans that are provided for you. Maybe you've never considered this or you've never jumped into a Bible reading plan before. Guess what? You get the opportunity to start a new year and do something great. And again, you owe it to yourself to do this, to read the best-selling book of all time. So there's some plans that are there. If you already have a plan, you have something that you read and that you like, that's great. Again, we want everybody just to read. So if you've got something that you're doing and you're in a regular habit already, you just keep going and God will use that to give you a verse. But if you've never thought about this before, there's five different plans that are in your program. Three are web-based from uversion.com, just an amazing website. And you can go there and you can sign up, make a free account, and you can choose all kinds of different plans. I've chosen three there that I think are appropriate for us. But if you want to look for something else, go for it. Have a ball. Again, just read. That's the thought there. So uversion.com, there's three different plans that are there. One of the beautiful things about uversion is if you have a smart device, you can sign up, and that plan will come directly to you. And they'll send, here's day one, and day two, and day three, and then they'll even send you a reminder. Hey, you're behind. <laughs> Look out. You've got to make it up. And So that's kind of a, a thing that will help keep you accountable. So... If version works for you, I'd encourage you to chase that. There are two other plans that are non-web-based in your program there. One is reading through the book of Proverbs in 31 days, and that's a great thing to do. The other is to read through the Gospel of Luke, which shares the story of Jesus and his life. And you can do that in 31 days as well, and you can pick up those programs at the Just For You station. So the idea is to pick a plan, because without... Time and place and a plan, we're not going to do this. So we've got to be intentional. Now let me talk to you a little bit about my time and place and plan. And I'm not perfect at this. 
I miss days. I don't always get it right. And life gets busy. And sometimes all of a sudden you find yourself falling behind and you want to make that up. So I'm not perfect at this, but I have chosen a time, a place, and a plan. And that has been absolutely transformational for my time in God's Word and finding a verse for this new year. So my time is early in the morning after I've dropped off a couple of kids at school. So I'm not able to really do this at my house because my wife and I have a large family and a lot of kids, a lot of noise, and so the home is not really the place for me. And so what I do is I do this in the morning. After I drop off the kids at school, I go into my office, and I'm generally the first one there, and the whole building is quiet and peaceful, and it's in my office that I open up God's Word and I begin to read. And after that, I have a prayer journal, and so I walk around the lower level of the Bethel Road campus to pray, and I walk so I don't fall asleep because it's early in the morning. So if you ever come over to the Bethel Road campus in the morning and see me walking around talking to myself, it's not weird, I'm just praying, and that's my time, and you feel free to join me, and that'll be just great. So my plan is that I have a journal that takes me to different sections of God's Word, and in that journal, there's space for me to write and put down my thoughts and capture what is the writer saying here and how do I use this in my life. And so I just journal and I want to let you know a lot of the sermon series that we do are are based on what I get out of my own personal devotions and I go back and I look at that paragraph. Oh yeah, that's what I wrote down and that's great and let's pull out this word and let's talk about that and I just have a wonderful time with that. I'd also encourage you If you have a copy of God's Word, take it out, circle, underline, circle again. You can write in your Bible. It's okay. Some people are like, whoa, you can't do that. But I I love to do that because I want to know, where was that verse? And if you don't circle and underline things, all you can remember, it was was on the right-hand side of some page. And you got to go through a lot of pages to find that. So circle, underline, do whatever you have to do with your plan to engage your mind. And I think in the process of doing this, here's what's going to happen. You're going to fall in love with God's Word. I just believe that. Fall absolutely in love with God's letter to us. And the second thing that will happen is that you're going to walk away with a verse. Something that just deeply touches you or motivates you or even frightens you or rebukes you. And it will be the verse or the specific set of words that you need for 2014 to help carry you through. So, just read. Just read. God's word is not that difficult. A lot of other things are difficult. God's word is not. And you owe it to yourself to pick up the best-selling piece of literature of all time and discover what is inside. It's God's letter to us. If that doesn't do it for you, there's poetry and there's history and there's letters and there's drama and there's betrayal and war. Great, great stories. So just read. Pick a time, pick a place, and pick a plan. And just read. Father, we thank you for today and for our time here just to consider and to think about what you want to say to us. And God, as we walk through this month, And as we walk through this important series of discovering a life verse, I pray, God, and I ask that you would speak to each and every one of our hearts 
and that you would help us to pick that time, the place, and the plan, that we would be strategic and intentional about this because you have something to say to us. And God, we don't know what's going to happen this year, but something's going to happen and we're going to want your truth planted on the inside that we can just use to anchor our souls. So God, help us to do our very best to just start reading and searching for these words that we're going to commit to in a couple of weeks. And God, I know that you'll bless and use these words to encourage and build us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for listening. We'd also love for you to join us on Sunday mornings at our 9.15 or 11 a.m. gatherings over at the Garnet Valley Middle School. 